Hello and welcome to another edition of the Best of Fives, where we count up the best of five in any subject we feel like. This is a follow-up episode to an uh, one that we did, uh, well, who knows when the hell these come out, but <laughs> my name is Dave and I'm joined by Tim. Hello! And if you listen to our last Best of Five regarding the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where we did five people that are in but don't belong... Tim decided, well, why don't we do five that are not in that do belong? Exactly. It's it's basically it's us crapping on the Hall of Fame twice, but in two different ways. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> it's a double shit sandwich. It's a double deuce. Take that, Cleveland. <laughs> so, uh, as before, we counted up five to one. I'll go first, because as I said on the last one, Tim, I- I'm blowing smoke up your ass, but... Uh, you have a penchant and a deep, deep knowledge of rock and roll like no one I know. So it's best to save you for last. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's Tim's theme music. <laughs> so I'll go first. These okay. are five people that, and, and, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this beforehand. I'll, I'll save it for later. There are a couple of missions from my list that I am not putting on my list because I assume they will get in next year. Does that make sense? Who? Uh, oh, well, we'll we'll talk about that at the end. Okay. We'll talk. That's why I don't want to say them in case they're on your list. But there are a couple of people that aren't on my list that I'm not putting on my list because I just assume they'll get in because they're awesome and they fit the criteria. And uh, it, it'll just be their time next year. So I'm not putting them on my list. So I will begin. And my number five. My list this time, unlike last time, is a little more personal, I guess you'll say. People that I really enjoy and also believe are deserved. And my number five in that case is The Runaways. Ah, because we talked about a lot on, on that last episode where I, I feel like there should be a criteria. It should be longevity, which they didn't quite have. But it should also be influence and body of work. And influence is the key thing with the runaways. And, Tim, you know me. This is my only way that Lita Ford is getting <laughs> is getting in the Hall of Fame. So my number five is the runaways. Because not only are their songs great, but... God, do I love Lita Ford. So this yeah. is, she's never getting in on her own. And, and if she's ever going to stand on that stage, this is the only way. Tim, you and I saw her together. I've seen her again by myself since. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do, wh- how do you feel about the Runaways getting into the Hall of Fame? Uh, I, I, I think that they are much more deserving than a lot of people. Uh, you, are they going to make it? I have a feeling they will. Okay. If... Um, has Joan Jett got in on Solo yet? No. See, that's the thing is I think one would have to get in for the other to get in. Yeah. So if Joan Jett gets in, I think at that point there will be a call for the Runaways to get in. And if the Runaways get in before she gets in Solo, there'll be a call for her. So one – basically one has to get in for the other to get in. Yeah, I see um, what you're saying. It's a It's a domino effect. She's not in – I I would put her in, and I and I'm not like sitting here trying to get on a soapbox about you know women women being represented in in Hollywood or sports or music, but 
they were trailblazers in mm -hmm. the way that people didn't see women doing this kind of thing before, and they did. And they were, they were really, they were little girls, like basically. Yeah. And Joan Jett has cultivated that into a lifelong career to where she, to me, is is a legendary performer. Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. I'm I'm almost. I guess I would be happy with Joan Jett getting in alone. And you can't say you, you you can't. There are some people that I I think you can't separate from their band. Like everybody tries to break out on their own, and some people do it successfully, like Sting. Um, some people don't, like Daryl Hall. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you you can't separate sometimes. So I guess I would be okay with Joan Jett being inducted and having a Runaways reunion on stage at the ceremony playing cherry bomb like i would be yeah. okay with that because it gets lita ford on the stage the last time i saw her you and i saw her and met her mm -hmm. it was delightful she was and she, uh for, for for a 60 year old woman <laughs> yeah. uh she's uh she's she's still got it going on <laughs> and i've seen her since she actually performed in our little hometown here last summer and i went went over by myself and uh stood and watched and she's still great and Part of her set is performing Runaway Song, mm -hmm. which I don't blame her. She didn't sing these songs. Um, I mean, Joan Jed, for God's sake, didn't even sing Cherry Bomb. So, like, I would be okay with them all being inducted under the umbrella of Joan Jet. So that's my number five. Um, that's a good. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah I would. Uh, that that's not on my list, but uh, but yeah, I could definitely one one. I, I think I think Joan Jet would get in. Before the Runaways, but I think if Joan Jett gets in, yeah, the the there the, there will be a call like, well, how come these guys aren't in? Right. Uh, because you know, Cherry Bomb, Playing with Fire, um, Black Leather, you know, mm -hmm. are all classic songs. All right. What's your number five, Tim? My number five. <clears throat> now this this is one of the things that I really dislike about the I almost said Country Music Hall of Fame <laughs> about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is they'll induct acts in but they'll but they'll nitpick they'll say some people get in but some people don't get in right so you know it's and, and sometimes they'll 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 bring in people that haven't had the influence that uh, you know on, on the music as other people have who didn't get in you know guns and roses you know they they bring in dizzy reed gets inducted in or uh with Metallica, they don't they don't bring in Dave Mustaine even though we didn't necessarily record them. But Robert Trujillo gets in. Um, Kiss, and I think and I honestly I think this is probably the most criminal act that 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 the Hall of Fame has ever done is when they inducted Kiss. They only brought in the original four. Oh, so this is a twofer. Both Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick were criminally left off of the ballot, were criminally left out of the uh, um, the Hall of Fame, mainly because they didn't wear them. Well, they Eric Carr wore, wore makeup, but they weren't the original four. So they, 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 the two of them put out a decade of fantastic music uh, together with Kiss. Um, Bruce Keelick is a very influential guitar player. Eric Carr was a solid drummer. Um, yet... And, and during and during some maybe not the most popular era of Kiss, but Kiss had a lot of hits. 
during the eighties, mm-hmm. and these guys were part of it, and they got they get completely left out. That's a good point. I never thought about that really with some of these bands. So a guy that was on Lick It Up isn't really yeah. in the Hall of Fame. No, yeah, Kiss. Basically, it's it's up to but not including. Uh, what was it? Um, was it the the Elder the Box Elder album? Whatever that was. That that was the first time I think Eric Carr played on. So anything, you know. Yeah, lick it up. Uh, I love it loud. Mm-hmm. That would have been there in the era that that the Hall of Fame wasn't considering. Crazy nights. Um, that's a that's an interesting point. So, and and I guess I never really thought about this, and you know more about this than I do. So, if a band gets in, they pick a band from an era. So, well, I'll, I'll use Van Halen as a as an example. So Van Halen's in, but Gary Sharon isn't. Gary, let me let me see when Van Halen got in. Uh, but Gary, I don't believe Gary Sharon is in. Let's so so they pick and choose, like you said, who whom they're inducting. I know that uh, well, I guess a few years Journey got in, and who's the who, is he Filipino? The guy that sings the, with them? the little guy. The little guy he sounds amazing. He sang with them at the at the thing. Does that, yeah. mean, does that mean he's not he performed at the thing but he's not in? He's not in. He's oh not my in. god. Van Halen now Gary Sharon is not in, but David Lee Roth both David Lee Roth and Hagar are both in. Okay. So, so they pick and choose, like you said. Uh yes. And and in most cases it's not a problem because there are bands that go through lineup changes. You know, Bon Jovi, I wouldn't I don't think I would necessarily expect them to bring in that base, that base player, their new, their current base player. Like I would think, Alex John Such, but whoever this other guy is, I don't think they would bring him in, as far as I know. Yeah, I, I hear you, and and I'm not sitting here and try, like 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 stumping for Gary Sharon to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't give a <laughs> shit about Gary Sharon. I'm just saying, if a band is inducted, it's not the band, in Toto. It's it's a section of the band's life. Okay. I didn't know that. You know what? The guy, the bass player for freaking Bon Jovi made it in. Hugh McDonald. <laughs> You're all mad. And Bruce Kulick and Eric Carr are not in. But wait, is Alex John Such in there? Uh, Alex John Such is, a, is there, yes. So yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, they, they bring Hugh McDonald in. I mean, come on. Okay, so okay, so it's not Kiss be, being in; it's all of the members of Kiss not being inducted. Yeah, it's uh, they they only selected the ones from the beginning. Now, there's some. I mean, I, I guess there was a guitar player. There was a guitar player that was there for like six months. Yeah, don't bring that guy in. And I could see like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They they brought like don't they don't necessarily need to bring Dave Navarro in because he played on one hot minute right but i mean use your use your brains people okay. uh, and 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 by and by this i do i do believe Vinnie Vincent should should have been inducted with kiss as well uh you know cuz he wrote he was he was he wrote a lot of those songs on lick it up uh and the album before that and and he helped them throughout their career even up through um like Revenge and Circus of Souls. He he co-wrote a lot of those songs. 
So Vinny Vincent, I think, should should be should be part of this. Although, if they don't let him in, I'll be happy with Eric Carr and Bruce Kulick. All right, but yeah, I see what you're saying, and I hadn't even considered that. So that's it a was a different slant a, on this. And from what I understand, both Gene uh, and Paul um, wanted. They they said, "Well, how come these guys can't? How come these guys aren't in?" And they said, "No, it was only the four. And I think that that had a lot to do with. Kiss not performing that uh, on that ceremony. Um, oh. It's they 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 wanted to come up and perform with their current guys in the makeup and not with Ace and Ace and Peter. Um, and, and they they but they said no 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 you have to play with these guys and they were like well then fuck you right you know you take forever to induct us in and then you don't induct all of us in and then you're dictating how how we can receive the award so you can shove it up your assholes, right. which I, which, which I think is, you know, good for kiss, you know, sticking it to the man. All right. Even though, even though Gene Simmons is like a dickhead in his own, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. My number four is, uh, one of the things like on the last one, you kept it to performers only. Mm-hmm. I've expanded my should be in list to a lot of people. Mine, mine has mine has slightly expanded. Okay, good. Which makes my number four Casey Kasem. Ah. Uh, I think that I think it's 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 right and just to induct uh, broadcasters and DJs into this Hall of Fame, starting Al- with Alan Freed is in Alan Freed and Wolfman Jack and all these yeah. guys. Without those guys, people wouldn't – they're the conduit of the music. I mean, and this is before, of course, streaming music and iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Like when we were little, there was no internet. The only way you heard the bands you liked is because of people like Casey Kasem. And I think that uh, that deserves a place in history. There, There's – and, and I, on the last episode, I equated everything to sports because that's what I do because I'm a, I'm a dork. Um, there's a broadcaster's wing in the Baseball Hall of Fame, like Harry Callis is in it. Um, teams will retire. The, the Tim, you're from this area. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers have Charles Barkley and Will Chamberlain and Julius Irving's numbers retired. They also have a microphone retired for Dave Zinkoff because he was the guy that would tell us stuff about the game. And that's what Casey Kasem did. And I think because of that and... And opening rock and roll for decades to millions of people, I, I I think that deserves an honor. And because of that, I'm saying Casey Kasem is my number four. Are you giving a long distance dedication? <laughs> to the grave, yes. <laughs> I'll give it to Jean Kasem. Is she still alive? I I don't know if she's still alive. She may have died. Really? She may have died. She was. Let me, let me let's ask let's ask Siri. <laughs> is Gene Kasem alive? Sorry, I couldn't quite hear. Let me try it again. <laughs> is Gene Kasem still alive? Gene Kasem was born in 1955 and is 65 years old. He is still alive. <laughs> wow, that was that's a weight off. I would I would I would make love to Gene Thompson Kasem. Well, yeah, she was Loretta on <laughs> yeah. Loretta. She. <laughs> Every time I think of Casey Kasem, 
Matt, if Matt ever listens to this, he'll love this. And we've used this on uh, Star Wars in character. That outtake of Casey Kasem freaking out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that dead dog. About the dead dog <laughs> dedication. Are you kidding me? A dead dog's fucking ponderous, man. Fucking ponderous. <laughs> I love Casey Kasem. Aside from Shaggy and Rob, what was he? Robin on Super Robin, Friends? yeah, yeah. I, I love Casey Kasem. He was he was like Dick Clark. I mean, really. Sure. I I I I even thought of that when I was writing this down. You've been to the Hall of Fame. They have an entire room dedicated to Dick Clark. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I think Dick Clark holds a place in music history, never playing a note or having any music talent. That doesn't mean that you're not worthy of this Hall of Fame. And Dick Clark has a has a room where you sit and watch a movie of all the American <laughs> bandstand things and it's really great. It's heartwarming and yeah. Who, who doesn't love Dick Clark? I feel that Casey Kasem is almost on par with Dick Clark and he should be in the Hall of Fame and he's my number 4. So, what well, how do you four? feel how do you feel about Rick Dees? Rick Dees. Mm. <laughs> I, I I might I might stop it at Rick Dees <laughs> because I think if Rick Dees had just done the the broadcasting that's good, but don't don't give me disco duck and think you're getting. <laughs> disco duck. <laughs> you don't think you're getting in, okay? All right, that's that's a disqualifier. Yeah, disco duck disqualifies. He's you. like, all right, check, check, check. Oh, disco duck. Mm. <laughs> What's your number four, Tim? Number four is Iron Maiden. Ooh, nice. These guys again. Uh, the Rock Wall of Fame is is very American. Um, and Iron Maiden, while, while Iron Maiden is popular in America, they never had the popularity, the overreaching popularity that they have around the world. And I think that the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sometimes forgets that rock and roll is not a strictly American thing, that it is international, that there are certain people that should be in it, Falco. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not Falco, but but like there there are acts from from around the world that should be in it. That just because they weren't necessarily hugely popular in the United States, shouldn't disqualify them for for membership. And I think Iron Maiden again, gigantically popular, longevity, you know, over forty years now, um, you know, are still selling out soccer stadiums around the world. And um, and and hugely influential on on so many levels over the years. I mean, if it wasn't for them, power metal probably wouldn't be much of a thing. Speed metal. I mean, British British heavy metal and British new wave metal was really what kickstarted bands like Metallica and Slayer uh, into being. So I, I kind of I kind of feel that. For both or for all of those reasons, longevity, influence, popularity, and uh, and beyond, uh, they should be in. And you know, here it is, forty some odd years later. You know, they've been eligible for almost twenty years. They, sh- I think they 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 should be they should be in. I agree. I do agree. Um, what's the guy's name? Eddie. They're. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love their graphics. The, the Eddie, the Eddie. I mean, again, the branding. They, those guys, those guys are smart. Just put Eddie on everything. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't need to have, you don't need to have the focus on the band. 
you know, because some of those guys are pretty hideous. Uh, <laughs> so they're pretty smart. We're not that good looking, so we'll, we'll put Eddie up there. I mean, and, and so many other bands have tried the same thing with uh, Megadeth with Rattlehead and even Molly Crew tied it with Alistair Fiend. You know, <laughs> Alistair Fiend didn't quite work out for him. I think you would. I, I'm a huge beer geek. And uh, whenever I hear about them now or think about them, I only think about beer because there is a brewery called. Uh, I think it's called it's called Robinsons. Uh huh. Um, yeah, is that Ro- the, troop, the trooper. Trooper. I, I've had that. Yeah, they they serve that at this place uh, um, called Fleet Street. It's a British pub here in Nashville, and they they serve the trooper. How good is that beer? It's it, it's good. I'm I'm not a huge beer person, but I do enjoy the trooper. Yeah, Bruce Bruce Dickinson has become a full time like huge bastion to the brewing company. They have. They have at least five or six different uh, flagship beers for that Robinson's Brewery. And Trooper was the first one. It's really good English ale. So I would put them in just for that. Yeah. I uh, A couple couple months ago, it's probably been about two months ago, Steve Harris, the bass player for Maiden, went on a tour here the US with his side band called British Lion. And he played this really tiny place in Nashville. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to get there super early. I don't, I don't you know, I, I bought my ticket. I got to get there early so I can get a good spot. I get there because, you know, Iron Maiden is this huge band. Yeah. I get there. There's probably 150 people there total oh, to wow. go to see the bass player for Iron Maiden and his his, his side band. And, and they were they were good. They weren't I, – I'm not going to – I'm not going to write, uh, you know, a, a thousand-page essay on how they're the greatest band in the world. Yeah, but they were pretty damn good. British Lion, so check them out. They're on Spotify. Cool. All right, so we're up to number three. Three. And this flies in the face of your uh, number one from our last episode of that don't belong in. But I feel like once you open the floodgates and someone's in. You got to let everybody in. And because of that, my number three is John Coltrane. <laughs> you and I used to sit around at the movie theater and listen to John Coltrane. That's right. In the office. We, we listened to Giant Steps and we'd sit there and Giant be like, Zep- yeah. You know, we, I think if you're going to have, if you're going to do this, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I mean, I don't know what their what their idea of what their Hall of Fame is anymore because it's all over the place. But if you're going to start letting in everyone, then you have to let in everyone. And if you're going to let in Miles Davis, then you got to let in John Coltrane. I love Supreme. I know you love Supreme. I know you love John Coltrane. (laughs) I don't think you agree with – if you don't agree with Miles Davis being in, I don't know how you feel about John Coltrane being in. But once the the doors open – then it's open. So because of that, John Coltrane's my number three. Yeah, no, I, I love John Coltrane. Giant Steps, Love Supreme, Blue Train. Uh, those, wait, Blue Train was that? Was that? That was him, right? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, I, I got that kind with kind of blue, which was Davis. No, I, I, I love I love Coltrane. It's been a while since I've listened to him, um, mainly because I, I don't have my iPod hooked up anymore. So that was, that's where I had my all my John Coltrane albums. We even had when we used to listen to. It was like too too late. We were millennials before the millennials. We're sitting in the office of the movie theater that we used to work at, 
listening to jazz. (laughs) And it was, I don't know if it was Blue Train or Giant Steps, but it was a, remember when they had those CDs that were like CD-ROMs? Yeah, the the CD enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to sit there and put it in the computer, and it was like, (laughs) and there was like shit on the screen. What were we even looking at? Uh, it, there was, there was, well, there was, there was the old media players that would like have the like the little light show, but then there was the enhanced ones which would show still images or it had old like film footage of them. I can't remember the the uh, the Blue Train one was the first enhanced one that I had. I remember I got that and Fiona Apple title around the same time, and that had enhanced content too. Yeah, we used to sit and listen to. <laughs> We were sit. a bunch of every, and everybody else was probably like, "What do they listen to, those hipster motherfuckers?" We used to sit and listen to Fiona Apple in the office. I saw Fiona Apple in with Steve, and in concert, and Jurassic Five opened for her. Yeah, it was great. And this was right before she had a mental breakdown. Yeah, I heard she, it was like the it was like the a show or two later is when she. Started freaking out on stage. Yeah. Because you, where did you guys see her? Was it the State Theater or? No, it was like Susquehanna or something like that. It was like up, up, like in, like on the way to the Poconos. Poconos. <laughs> and, uh, Steve and it, it his. Was, it wasn't the, the old Pat Garrett Amphitheater. <laughs> no. Steve and his buddy, I don't remember the guy's name. He was a nice guy. They had tickets and I was like, oh, I'll tag along with you. And I bought my own ticket. I sat by myself. I got, I had like a, I was in third row. They were oh. like back farther. I got a third row ticket because it was a single ticket, and I sat and I had never heard of Jurassic Five, and I was like, "Holy shit, they're awesome!" Yeah. And then Fiona Apple, and then three days later, she like went batshit crazy. <laughs> but yeah, we used to sit and listen, like watch the title. It was like the music video of Criminal and yeah. stuff like that. We were so cool. Uh, those are the days, the late nineties. That's right. Well, that's my number three. What's yours, Tim? My number three would go into the sideman category, like the perform, not the performer category, but like the, you know, when they brought in just the musicians, Randy Rhodes. Nice. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Again, he had much like uh, some of those other people we've talked about that shouldn't be in. He didn't necessarily have the longevity, but he had he had the he had supreme influence on the instrument and on the heavy metal genre going forward into the eighties. And, and, and even to today, the guy, his, his classical chops sort of pushed, pushed Ozzy, uh, to his, to, to close to his full potential in his, in his early days when Ozzy was a fucking wreck. Yeah. And then, uh, and also he, t- he was so incredibly talented that his technique is studied to this day. So I, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame just for those those few recordings he was able to do with uh, with Ozzy. And to a certain extent, I, I think there are some recordings out there that he did with um, uh, 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 Quiet Riot. Because he, he was in Quiet Riot before he joined with Ozzy. That's a good one. Didn't you go see, didn't you meet him at some point? At the mall. Randy Rhodes? Yeah, when you met... Well, it was the time when you met Kenneth Keith Callenback. No, no, no. Ran, oh, I met Ozzy. No, hey, Randy Rhodes is... He died, he died in 1982. I met... I met, I met all Ozzy, four, yeah. All four original members of uh, Sabbath. Right. And I remember I... 
yeah, they were doing a record in the store for the company I worked at, not the store I worked at, but they brought me over there to help out with it. And I remember having to go to the bathroom. And I'm standing in the back. I was like, God damn, who's in the fucking bathroom? And open the door, and Ozzy comes out. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I went and took a, took a whiz right after Ozzy had just used the bathroom. That's nice. And I'm and I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed at myself because I had them sign a poster. Yeah. All four members signed a poster, and Kelly Kurtz. <laughs> she wanted a she wanted a uh, a present for her boyfriend, and he I guess he likes black sabbath rosie so i sold her the poster for 50 bucks oh yeah which you know back then that was a king's ransom yeah but in retrospect i'm like oh my god you had all four original members of sabbath on a goddamn poster and you sold it for 50 bucks you douche you'd love to have it now i would i would love to have it yeah because i i've in recent in recent years, I've been collecting a lot more music memorabilia posters, especially like when I go to t- concerts and tours, I'll buy the tour poster and that sort of stuff because I, I find that stuff to be that ephemera to be very cool. God damn it, mm-hmm. I wish. And and sometimes I'll get it signed if it's a, if it's at a venue that I'm able to hang out outside. I'll try to get it signed by by the people. Like I got pavement to sign some records for me once. I got uh, some of the guests of the Black Crows to sign a poster. You know because they they played a a venue that you had easier access right to them so yeah but yeah god damn it <laughs> 50 bucks and, and I, i'm curious where this poster is now this poster probably has has gotten broken and torn up and it's probably been thrown out all right i can get on that case if you'd like me to i actually if you yeah find out find out the fate of that poster all right i will do that we'll do a yes. whole nother show on it <laughs> Searching for Tim's poster. <laughs> All right, we're up to number two. And I don't know how you're going to feel about this either, because I feel like this is another floodgate person that should be in if you're going to let someone in. And I know, especially living where you live, you understand the importance and integrity of country music. Mm-hmm. And for that reason... There are some country people in, and I'll just stop it at Hank Williams because he is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There are a few people that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Country Hall of Fame, and the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Hank Williams and Johnny Cash among them. Yep. My number two is Dolly Parton. Yeah. Uh, I can I can definitely see her getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, especially for her late 70s and early 80s work. Absolutely. If you're going to do it and you're going to have it be a music hall of fame, you got to have the first lady of country. There are other people, maybe even some of my honorable mentions, I won't mention them in case you are going along these, this route as well. Um, actually, a lot of my honorable mentions are country. And I'm not the biggest country fan, but I know its importance. And I know uh, a legend want to hear one. And nobody really in country music fits that to me than Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton and I always have. And um, I, I, I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to do her too. So she's, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to. Yeah, I'd love to. I would love to. She's my number two. Okay. Dolly. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have any country people on my list. I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't put any honorable mentions, but I could probably come up with a few. Yeah. Um, 
if I had to choose someone from the country field in, and I would put it in the early influences, uh, category, it would be, oh, god damn it. He did. Oh my god, why, why can't I think of his name? Um, he did, he did Golden Rocket. Let me see if I can. Well, while, you're, Snow. while you're looking, I, I mean, if you if you don't have country people, I had other people along those lines, like Patsy Cline. Like, Patsy Cline, I could see. Like Willie Nelson. These are people that if you're going to have in, we talked about people that didn't deserve it in the last one. If you're going to have in, you know, the Cars and, and I, don't, I don't know, Del Shannon, you're not going to have in Willie Nelson? I, I don't. I don't understand sometimes where this Hall of Fame falls as far as its criteria. So I think there's a whole country faction that belongs in the Hall of Fame if you're going to do that. Johnny Horton. Johnny Horton. Okay. Johnny Horton. He did the Battle of New Orleans, but he did a lot of really early uh, crossover stuff like um, uh, Rockabilly. So right. Golden Rocket. Hank Snow did a version of it. And Hank Snow's version is very rockabilly as well. But uh, but there, are, right right at the end of John, Johnny Horton died uh, in a car accident, mm-hmm. very young. It was like 1959, 1960. And you know he was he was actually married to Hank Williams' uh, child bride, whoever that that young girl she he married right before he died. <laughs> he was actually married to her. And then after she after he died. Johnny Cash was like, because he he and Johnny Horton were buddies. It was like, I'll watch after. I'm gonna watch after. I'm gonna, and then he ends up having a big affair. Nice with uh, with that girl. That girl was hot too. I mean, well, jaw dropping. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah Johnny Johnny Horton, I, I would put in there in, a, in an early influence. Yeah. Wanda, ja- Wanda Jackson made it in recently as right. an early influence, it was, and it was mainly because she put an album out with Jack White that reminded people, oh yeah, this person exists. I think something needs to happen with. With him and even even someone like uh, um, Roger Miller, right? Um, to remind people, like, yeah, these guys had influence on things that are more than just country. Yeah, because they did do it with some people, like Bill Monroe is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but those other guys aren't. And you're right yeah. about Wanda Jackson. I know you're a big fan of Wanda Jackson, and mm-hmm. when that album came out, I know you played on your uh, you played on your radio show. You like you like you love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Why is one thing good and one thing not? That's that. There's some uh, uh, inconsistencies, I guess we call them, with this yeah. Hall of Fame, and that's a lot of where my list is coming from. So that's why Dolly is my number two. It's it's become more inconsistent in recent years, just because a yeah, the, I think the 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 scope of their their pool is has widened. Yeah. So it is it is diluted. Um, and over the years we have become individually, we've become sort of prejudiced to our own things. Like I love heavy metal. Well, I love dance pop and I love this, this, and and so we have a hard time like looking at this other thing, like these other groups that, that maybe, you know, I was like, I don't, it's like, I don't care about ABBA, but yeah, you know, and I love craft work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Crafter keep keep popping up on <laughs> on on some of them. Oh God! So yeah, and like th- more recently, like Dave Matthews Band showed up on one of the ballots. DMB, we saw them. We did. 
That get that guy, the French fry guy. <laughs> Tim, Tim almost got us destroyed. <laughs> this is the most drugs I ever saw in my life. Well, a lot of drugs. Maybe since I've seen more, but uh, we went uh, at Old Veterans Stadium. It was the Roots. That's oh, right. I forgot they, they I forgot they had opened before anybody knew who they were. Yeah, opening for Santana, who was hot at the time with the. Well, smooth, smooth had not. Or it either had not hit the radio yet or was just hitting the radio. So it was right when Smooth was about to break big. Yeah. Opening for Dave Matthews Band. And we're sitting down, you and Steve as well again, and we're sitting there. And some guy tripping on, I don't know, balloons or something was dancing right in front of us. And Tim, who is really one of the most mild-mannered people I know, don't mess with Tim at a concert if he can't see. Because he got a fry, whipped it at that guy, hit him in the back, and that guy sat down, duly chastened <laughs> the entire show. Well, he got back up, pink, hit him with a second fry, sat down. <laughs> there had to have been a second shooter. It was Tim with a fry on the grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah, take that. I wonder where that guy is now. Get on that case, too. If you're listening, sir, we apologize. No, I don't. <laughs> like, you got you got in the way of uh, you know drive in drive out man I don't I don't <laughs> I paid cash money for that shit that's right all right I there's uh, two left I have a I I have made a guess in my head who one of your last two are I'm not gonna say it but if they're not one of the last two I don't think I know you as well as I think you do so what is your number two my number two is Hilly Crystal who Hilly Crystal, the guy who started and ran CBGBs. Oh, that's a good one. If, I mean, we you have other promoters like Bill Graham in there. Well, Hilly Crystal wasn't necessarily a promoter, but he would he he put on these shows that allowed a showcase for a lot of bands who could not get gigs anywhere else. Right. So. The Ramones, the Dead Boys, Talking Heads, Blondie, uh, the, the Police, police. yeah, uh, all these bands played CBGBs, and you know this guy was all about it. I mean, it, uh, early on he wasn't all about it, but he saw he saw the 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 benefit to to putting these bands on because they it was it was almost like they were a uh, he was almost like he had a monopoly on this in, in town. And eventually there was like Max's Kansas City and a couple other places once once the popularity of the genre. But early on he, he had he had almost single handedly gave a voice to an entire genre in New York City. Uh, and then it became a it became a destination and uh, yeah, and he he helped he was he was probably one of the biggest um, advocates of rock and roll in New York City, and I, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because what happens in New York inevitably spreads out to the rest of the world. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's 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 an excellent one. Was that, Have you, was that Alan Rickman in the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's really yeah, good. He, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Hilly Crystal should be in. I, I, I know that he's been name checked in some of the other people's. Uh, some of the people who've gotten in that played at the at the CBGBs, he's been name checked in their inductions. I know Talking Heads brought him up. Uh, probably the Ramones probably brought him up as well. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, I mean, he 
he had a lot to do with that. Um, and sadly, yeah, he's for for whatever reason, uh, he's been he's been left out. Uh, even though I think he's just as important as 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 a lot of other people who are already in there. Yeah, I agree. That's a good one. Have you have you did you ever go to CBGB's when it was still open? No, no. I I only walked by it once, and this was in two thousand five. Yeah. I just sort of I went. It was one of those times where I just go up to New York. I had no plans. I just drove, took the bus up to New York, or drove to New York, and was walking around. And I turned a corner and I realized, holy crap, that's CBGB's. Right. And uh, it's in the Bowery, I, I, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't. I didn't go in. Um, I don't even. I don't even recall if it was open. Yeah. But it was that. It was that same awning that's in the Hall of Fame now that was out out front. Yeah. And since then, I've gone into the John Barbatos. Um, that's been there. And I've been around to the back alleyway where uh, the Ramones shot the cover to their one album with Rocket to Russia. Right. Use the wall in the back. So yeah, there's but uh but yeah, I, I never I never went there when when it was when it yeah. was a, a, a place. That's really cool. You, we were at remember one time we were at the what's that New York convention that was in that place that was across from Madison Square Garden. Oh, uh, the Big Apple Con. Big yeah. Apple Con. We went there once. You remember the guy? Like, I almost got in a fight with a guy. Oh, yeah. You were in a CBGB shirt. He's like, where'd you get that shirt? <laughs> yeah, he was all mad at me. He's like, he's like, where'd you get that shirt? I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Where'd you get that shirt? Did you get it there? I was like, no. You know, I got it like at a store. And he was like, fucking poser. <laughs> like, he was all mad at me because I didn't actually get it at the place. It's it's like it's like people you ever you ever see that episode of uh, uh, the Office where Dwight is wearing the Andy's uh, college shirt yeah Cornell, Cornell. Yeah. he's like you take that off now yeah. people, it's kind of like that sometimes they take ownership of it I've had other people because I wear my CBGB shirt a lot and at least I used to when I wasn't so fat and I've worn it and it it it's all initials. And I've had people stop me and quiz me as to what the letters mean. And if you don't know, I don't know what they're like. Like some, like they're like, hey, 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 what's CBGB stand for? And I'd be country, like, country bluegrass CB. Wait, hold on, country CBGBs, country bluegrass blues. Yeah, and, and then I forget what the and other and other music for ultagenarians. Is the rest yeah. of it because it says it's a CBGBs and it says Umfug underneath it. Yeah. And if you don't, if somebody stops you and you don't know what those initials stand for, you're gonna get you're gonna get your teeth knocked out. It's like take <laughs> it easy, dude. It's just a fucking shirt. But that means that it means a lot to people. And your answer, your your pick for number two is really good. Yeah. Well, thank All you. All right. That leaves number one. And my number one. Is also falls into both categories where it's somebody that I dearly love, but it's also a floodgate is what I'm calling this pick. And my number one is LL Cool J. All right. I can see that. LL Cool J is my all-time fav- favorite rapper, a pioneer of rap, and I don't know that he had the hits that people expect. Maybe I late. need love just for that. Yeah. <laughs> that was like his first... 
like hit song and from from his second album i was like well this is the worst song on the album <laughs> i need love <laughs> i need love when i'm alone in my room sometimes i stare at the wall <laughs> you know it's like all right well ev- anybody that loves ella cool j skips that song but whatever <laughs> i love ella cool j i think he is one of the best writers best performers best persona and a pioneer of rap has the longevity and if you're going to start inducting people from rap which i think they should because it's not a rock and roll hall of fame anymore it's a music hall of fame if you're going to put someone like nwa and notorious big you gotta put in one of the forefathers of rap which is lo cool j when when you start to go into those those subgenres outside this is what I, this is what i found the Hall of Fame loves to put in the early, early stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have like Grandmaster Flash, you know, those guys. And then they love to put in the people who were popular when it like hit its maturity and hit its peak popularity, which, which in my opinion was the nineties. Yeah. So you have the NWA, you have the Tupac, you have Biggie. Uh, but the people in the middle, you know, Melly Mel and. Yeah, uh, you know, Bo- uh, Boogie Down Productions you know. and all these yeah. like forefathers. Those of guys rap. get forgotten about. Yeah, those guys get forgotten about. Which is why, like a lot of times with the rock and roll, you'll see like the early stuff. So the stuff from like 1955 to like 58, and then there's there's almost nothing of real quality until like 1966. Right. So it's just kind of like what the fuck? There's there's we have eight years of good music here. Well, can't there's nothing came out. Yeah. Oh, Gene Pitney, I'm sorry. Gene Pitney. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's, I mean, there are certainly other pioneers in there, Run DMC, uh, Beastie Boys, that kind of, like the Def Jam idea of what Russell Simmons thought rap should be and what it was for a long time is what I grew up on. So I grew up listening to LL Cool J from the time that I had a tape deck until he stopped making music and became an awful actor. <laughs> is he still on TV with uh, with Robin? Yeah, what, what what is that NCIS? Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. I mean, who could when watch I, that shit? When I saw him, I didn't recognize him. I'm like, who is this black gentleman? Because he never had on. <laughs> I remember for a long he, time he wouldn't wear he wouldn't take his hat off because it was like he he had an egghead. That was like there was this big mystique about why he didn't take the kangol off because he had an egghead, and then he took his hat off, and people were like, put head, it back on. Your head looks fine. I mean, what's the big deal, dude? I don't know. I mean, he was in movie. He was in Wildcats, and he was in uh, The Hard Way. The Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah, and then he just became an actor. Yeah. And I, I don't appreciate it, but uh, that that music from about the time that I was 12 to about the time that I was in high school is some of my all-time favorite music, and it's music that I grew up on, and I think it's legendary. And he's my number one. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with hip hop getting in. Um, I know there were a lot of people. I remember when Tupac was nominated. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, this isn't the Rap Hall of Fame." And that that never bothered me, not at all, because I I understood the influence that that he had, not necessarily on the whole on on rock and roll genre, but you know, it comes it, you get to a point, you know, it's it's all it's all the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and agree. my my number one. Is someone who I am shocked, absolutely shocked, that he is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame under under uh, early influence, and that is Frank Sinatra. Oh, isn't that what 
I thought you were going to say it all. Okay, go for it. Yeah, I mean, the, he was he's the prototypical teen uh heartthrob. He was he was he was the teeny bopper guy, the Bobby Soxer. You know, he was the template for all of the 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 teen sensations that have come after that. And a lot of those teen sensations went on to become other Rock Hall of Famers like um Rick Nelson. <laughs> Great. <laughs> But, uh, but like, yeah, and, and which I'd only recently learned, and even though I kept railing about her for a long time, uh, Bobby Darren. You know, Bobby Darren is Frank Sinatra, uh, influenced by Frank Sinatra quite a bit. Um, and, and, and so many other Elvis influenced by Frank Sinatra. Uh, even, even people like, uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison listed Frank Sinatra as one of his favorite singers. So I, I, I think, uh, his, while again not rock and roll, more of a pop standard jazz guy, but should be in it. And and he did he interpreted a lot of rock and roll songs on his own. He did a lot of Beatles stuff, yeah, uh, and 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 a bunch of other people as well. And and you know, I think I think any any also re- led the the rock and roll lifestyle to a certain extent. Yeah, that Elvis that Frank when Elvis got out of the army. In oh, that thing is awkward. That's hard to watch. <laughs> it was it it was like Frank Sinatra trying to, I don't know, stay viable. And yeah. they had him singing, you know, "Love Me Tender, Love Me Dear," <laughs> and then Elvis was singing witchcraft and stuff. It's I love watching that. It, it's it's so hard to watch because you can see. The disdain in yeah. Sinatra's eyes. He's like, I hate this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one, though. I mean, yeah. if, if any of these people are in, why not? It, it's not rock and roll, but that doesn't matter anymore. It's not That's a rock right. and roll Hall of Fame. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, Not really. The only person that I could I can think of is, is our, our bands like Megadeth. Yeah. Uh, and Slayer, those like heavy metal has been sorely uh, misunderrepresented in uh, in the on the Hall of Fame, and I think that that both the both of those guys and there's a bunch of, there's a few others mm-hmm. in that in that same that same area that that probably should be considered. Right. Oh, well, I have my country people, my Patsy Cline, my Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings. I thought Waylon, yeah. Um, but other than that, I got some pop people that I don't necessarily like. Uh, but if you're going to put in some of the people who talked about in the last episode, why isn't someone like Brian Adams Yeah, or George Michael or Duran Duran? Again, George, George Michael, bigger overseas than he was in the United States. So yeah, it's hard, it's hard to get the votes over here. Yeah, I hear you. There's, there's a couple of the bands that I really like that I just would like to see them because I like them bands like, uh, Soundgarden and the Motor City Five. They're probably not going to get in, but I mean, they at least deserve to be in the conversation. One guy that I was my 5.5 almost on the list because he, in, not invented, but was the bastion of a genre was Dick Dale. Oh uh, yeah, he, because, did he? Did he just? He just died, I think last I year. I think he just died. Yeah, but that that surfing guitar type music is a genre in and of itself, and he is. 
the godfather slash, I don't know, poster boy of it. So I think that mm-hmm. deserves at least consideration. I, I, I'm not like sitting here say, saying that, like, oh, Dick Dale is the greatest thing ever. I don't I really care about Dick Dale, but I think it deserves uh, uh, its place in history. The one I thought you were going to pick, because I know you fucking love the monkeys. Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't, my, I, I'll say this. My argument, uh, for Rick Nelson mm-hmm. is one thing because he, 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 he did, he used television as a, as a genre, as, as a, as a medium and people did the same thing with the monkeys. But since the monkeys were a package act, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that again, immensely popular, you know, to make a long story short. Monkeys? Nah, I don't think they should be in there. Okay. All right. All right. We'll just. All right. All right. Well, my other uh, honorable mentions then were people like we started talking about this at the beginning, and I assume these people will get in, so I didn't put them on my list, and I think they're eligible starting next year, and that is Jay Z. Jay Z will probably make it in. And see that. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, yeah. Actually, I think Foo Fighters. Yeah, ninety-five. I guess. I. I guess. I guess next year would be the Foo Fighters' first eligibility. Yeah, yeah. Foo Fighters. They're, they're they're definitely a first ballot. They're gonna. Yeah. No no problems there. They're in. Yeah, that's what I figured. So I I, I thought it was kind of it would be silly to put them on my list and then you know they're they're just gonna get in. They haven't been in because they haven't met the twenty-five year. Yeah. Is that what it is? Twenty five years since your first. Twenty five since their first recording. So okay, their album came out in the fall of ninety five, something mm-hmm. like that. And you saw them early on, right? Like before they were even a thing. Yeah, I uh, I saw them on that. If if you've ever seen the documentary where they go out on tour uh, for their first album before it came out with Mike Watt, I saw them on that tour. Um, and uh, it was it was one of those things where you go to the show and I, I bought my ticket early just in case it was like fifteen dollars something like that it was Mike Watt with the Foo Fighters and Hovercraft and I was like okay well I just I had just read somewhere that Foo Fighters was Dave the drummer for Nirvana's new band I'm like oh I'll check these guys out and we went not I didn't know what to expect. We get there though. There's a line around the block to get into. The, it was at the Trocadero, which fits about 900 people, <laughs> if that. And the line around the block, everybody goes in there. This this band Hovercraft comes on. They play, and then um, Foo Fighters come on. Everybody goes nuts. The whole place is crazy. And I, I and I remember. I, I specifically remember on the ride up. I went with my friend um, Justin. And he was like, do you think they're going to play Marigold? Which was the song that Dave Grohl sang on a B-side of one of the singles, one of the Nirvana singles. Right. And I was like, of course they're going to play that. I mean, what else are they going to play? Right. What else do and they we, have? Yeah, I mean, what else is there? And we get up there, and, and the whole time you hear all these people going, play Marigold! Play Marigold! And they never played it. <laughs> they never played it. And so they go, and they rock They rock the place out. It's, it's awesome. I've, I've been I'm unable to find a bootleg of it. I don't think a bootleg of that show exists. Um, but uh, as, soon as, as soon as the Foo Fighters leave the stage, the place clears out. So if there was 900 people there, it cleared out. There was 100 people left. <laughs> to see Mike Watt. 
to see Mike Watt. And they missed probably one of the greatest shows ever because it came out. It was Mike Watt on vocals and bass. It was Eddie Vedder on guitar. <laughs> Dave Grohl on drums. Pat Smear on guitar. So they, they missed they missed one of the greatest shows ever. All because they're a bunch of douchebags who all just wanted to see Foo Fighters and not stick around to see what could possibly come next. Right. So you got uh, to see Eddie Vedder and, and all these people performing. Yeah. And I didn't know this until and actually the show I was written that, that I was at was written about in Rolling Stone. And I didn't know until I read the Rolling Stone article that Hovercraft was Eddie Vedder's wife at the time's band, and he was on drums wearing a wig and glasses so you couldn't recognize him. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a really cool show. Actually, I can I can see my my t shirt from it across the <laughs> across the room. I've been meaning to, meaning to get like one of those t shirt frames, right, to put it in because uh, it, it it seriously is one of like one of my the best most memorable concerts I ever went to. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And you and I saw them together. We did years later. Uh, and who opened for it was what they called the replacements. Oh, um, it was people it was, from a bunch of different bands. That, yeah, it was it was it was the drummer for Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, it was and weird. the guys from Rancid. They just kind uh, of threw a band together, kind of. Thing. Yeah, and I remember they were just like oh, these, these guys suck. Yeah, it was just loud. Yeah, I've but, seen Foo Fighters a couple times since. I saw them. Uh, well, I went to that one show. I tried to get you a ticket for, but they only got one ticket. It was at that MTV show, which mm-hmm. is on YouTube. You can find that on YouTube, the MTV $2 concert. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember watching that. that and I was, I was there for that. I tried to get you a ticket, but I could only get one ticket. And then I saw him in Knoxville, and I saw him in Nashville a uh, year and a half ago or so. Well, they're going back out on tour this summer, and uh, people, at least in the Philadelphia area, were not happy. Because Philadelphia is not on the initial tour list. They're playing. They're playing small places. They're playing Knoxville again. So Knoxville, the Knoxville show was supposed to be a little later on this month in April, but it's probably uh, they they pushed it back and it probably won't happen till the till the winter. So I'm hoping maybe to go to that show. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll be cool to see them inducted though next year, and Dave Grohl will take his place amongst a lot of people who are inducted multiple times. And no one deserves it to me more than him. But here's the now here's the question: Who's going to be inducted for the Foo Fighters? Well, that's yeah, true. Are, are there are, is their original drummer going to get in? That's a good point. Uh, what's his name? Goldsmith. Yeah, people like Taylor Hawkins. Like, yeah, like who who will they put in? They'll pick and choose like they did with Kiss. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is that, I mean, granted, they they only have a couple people. There's that guy. There's a guitar player. I think that's it. Yeah, you're right. So, well, I guess we'll find out. And I'm yeah. looking forward to that show because it's it's fun to see these shows. Uh, but when the people are all still not only alive but active, it's going to be an even better show. Like a, a yeah. show with a bill of Jay Z and Foo Fighters on it. Who wouldn't want to watch that? Because they're both amazing. So that'll be fun to watch. I can't. Yeah. I, I generally don't watch them, but the the, the recordings pop up uh, online, so I'll watch I'll watch them at that point. But because the, the show's always on HBO, I don't have HBO. It is on HBO. In fact, it, it was the fu- it was funny the year my son is is almost eighteen now, but I don't know who Dave Grohl was inducting, but it was around two thousand eight because my son was little; he was six, uh-huh. and I remember vividly 
both Chase Utley and Dave Grohl teaching my son the F word. <laughs> because he saw the the Phillies uh, World Series parade where Chase Utley said the F word. And then Dave Grohl said it about 17 times in his induction of somebody in 2008. And I was like, okay, well, cat's out of the bag now. The kid's six. He's heard the F word uh, <laughs> at least 20 times now. So Yeah, it's like, all right, kid. All right, kid. It's, a, it's like the beginning own. of James Allen Bob's James Allen Bob's Strike Back. Fuck, fuck, mother, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, well, if you have people that you think should be inducted, we want to hear about it. So you can do that in uh, several places. We're on social media at uh, Twitter, on Twitter, at Neozaz, and we are also on Facebook. And wherever you're hearing this, whether it's on any kind of podcasting uh, website, where, wherever it may be, or Neozaz.com, we appreciate you listening. And there are lots of lists on best of fives in, in so many categories, I couldn't even name them. Um, but if you're only hearing this one, we did a, a show before this of people in the Hall of Fame that don't belong. So if you like this, check back and see that. And uh, Tim, you have a radio show. Um, I do. Why don't you plug that for a minute? <laughs> okay. No one ever listens. Uh, it's on Monday nights, 10 to 12 a.m., uh, here in Nashville, but you can listen to it around the world. At uh, you can stream it live at www.radiofreenashville.org. And what I do is each week I look at stuff that happened in music history. I talk about that. I play music related to what happened, and then I play a bunch of shit that I want to feel like listen to that 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 particular week. So it's like half and half. It's like half related to. And half just what I want to hear. And I find that almost every week there's something on Nirvana, Elvis, um, or the Beatles. So on on any given week, you'll hear one, two, or all three of them on the show. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, good. Tune into that because if there's anyone that I know that makes the best mixtapes in the history (laughs) of mixtapes, it's Tim. So, Tim... Good idea. Yes. These were two good uh, and fun episodes. Good idea on you. And uh, Thank you. we'll uh, catch you on the next episode of The Best of Fives. Woo!